I graduated not too long ago from Liberty University. Uh, I got my associate's degree in theology uh, through Liberty University Online. Uh, Liberty University is the biggest Christian university in North America. Um, very prominent, well-respected, fully accredited Bible school. Um, and I, I just really enjoyed my journey uh, going to school there. It was a big goal of mine. Bible says study to show yourselves approved, and that was something that was important to me. I'll never forget uh, a few years ago, just a very young man. I'm now 29. I was probably, goodness, I was probably 21 or 22 when this happened, so it's been a good ways back. But I was uh, about to take uh, my final for one of my classes at Liberty. Uh, it was a class on the New Testament, the New Testament church. Uh, and this class talked a lot about the book of Acts. Now, if you know me, you know that I am uh, Pentecostal. If you don't know what uh, the term apostolic or Pentecostal means, uh, that's referring to uh, the book of Acts, uh, how they were filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. So uh, penta meaning 50 or 50 days after Passover. Pentecost is referring to um, the, that specific day, uh, the birthday of the church. So when you say you're Pentecostal, you're saying that you believe in the fundamental doctrine, the foundation of the church, that we should be mirroring what the Church of Acts did today. And so Liberty University is a Baptist university. And the more I studied, the more I found that uh, they do not believe uh, in speaking in tongues. Uh, this was not really a surprise to me. I knew that this was a uh, common teaching uh, among the uh, the Baptist world. Um, some call themselves Bapticostals, so there are some Baptists that do believe in speaking in tongues. Uh, the teachers at Liberty University do not believe in it. They believe it ceased. And so uh, the professor read a scripture. It was 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. And they took this scripture and they began to teach the class that tongues are no longer for the church today. They have ceased. It was just for the early church. A matter of fact, they go further to say uh, in the class that Tongues is actually not of God. It's If you see it, it's probably of the devil. Okay, so as a Pentecostal, this was a lot of information for me to take in. And so then the prof professor presented the final paper. This was going to be like 40% of our grade. Everything was going to rely on this paper. He said, here's what I want you to write on. Why tongues is no longer valid in the modern day church. Sweat began to run down my forehead as I thought, I don't know how I'm going to handle taking this class. This should be interesting. So what did I do? I wrote a paper. I wrote my final. Except I didn't write about how tongues have ceased. Instead, I wrote a paper that was called, I'm a Pentecostal. And this 
is my testimony. Guys, thank you for tuning in to the Noteworthy Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan French. I'm excited you've tuned in today. Stick around. I'm going to tell you how things turned out in that class. A cool testimony came from it. We're going to talk a little bit today about why the Holy Ghost is a necessity. And if it is a necessity, how do we know we've been filled with the Holy Ghost? And have tongues ceased? Is that a part of being filled with the Spirit of God? We'll stick around for a few moments. We're going to have a little Bible study and talk about it for a minute. Thanks for tuning in to Noteworthy. Let's go. The time had come. The paper had been written. My opinions had been stated, and my scriptures had been referenced. I had everything cited the way it was supposed to be done, and now I couldn't delay any longer. Procrastination had been my friend, but now it was over, and I had to hit submit. And this 21-year-old apostolic Pentecostal was about to submit his paper called I'm a Pentecostal, and submit it to a Baptist university that would determine my GPA. It was a nerve-wracking moment for sure. Let me tell you a little bit about what the paper stated, and then I'll tell you what came of it. So if you listen to the introduction, you know that um, they were teaching that tongues has ceased, that it's no longer for the church today from 1 Corinthians 13. It says, charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. There is only one scripture in the entire Bible that uh, th- that this university uh, used to diminish the importance of tongues or the validity of tongues in the church today. And it is from Corinthians 1.13. This is the only scripture that they reference when presenting an argument that tongues is no longer valid. Anytime you study scripture, you have to look at the context. Who are they speaking to? What did they say before and after that? And what we have here, I believe, in verse 8, is a misrepresentation and a misinterpretation of Scripture. To take this one thing that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and say that Paul was saying that, uh, that tongues is no longer valid for the church now. Here's the thing. You have to keep reading, and this is basically, long story short, what my paper said, and this is my opinion. Uh, If you have another opinion on this scripture, I'd love to hear it. Send me a voice message. Send me an email. But look, I believe the answer is found two scriptures below that in verse 10, because after he says that where there be tongues, they shall cease, he says for we know in part, which by the way, he doesn't just reference tongues. He talks about prophecy, he talks about charity, and he talks about knowledge. So here's the thing. Why did we just take tongues 
and say that has ceased. But what about charity? What about prophecy? What about knowledge? Has knowledge ceased? What could be a moment where all these things have ceased to where they're no longer a part of our lives? What could possibly be the answer to that? You can't just take tongues and say tongues has ceased and disregard the fact that the same scripture says charity, tongues, prophecy, and knowledge. Look with me. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. Paul was speaking about heaven. He was not talking about earth. That which is perfect is come. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing about this world is perfect. Nothing about the earth is perfect. That which is perfect is referring to heaven. Listen, we won't need to prophesy in heaven. Our knowledge won't mean anything in heaven. We won't need to speak in tongues in heaven. To speak in tongues is a supernatural sign from God. It's a supernatural thing that that comes over you. We won't need a supernatural sign. We will be living in the supernatural when we go to heaven. So this is basically what my paper had stated. This was my theological argument. But then I moved past that and I talked about my testimony. And I want you to remember what I'm saying. If if you don't remember anything else about this podcast, I want you to remember this. Scholars and theologians can refute, they they can debate scripture all day long. But here's something they can't debate about, your testimony. Nobody can refute your personal testimony. That is between you and God. And so I gave my scriptural argument, but then I gave my personal testimony and I said, I was seven years old when I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm 29 now. When I wrote the paper, I was 21. And and I was seven when I received the Holy Ghost for the first time. And I told him, I remember that day. I remember this angelic presence. I remember speaking in a language I didn't know. I remember God just taking over my speech. And I felt this warmth and go down my chest. And I, I, it was like a fire had was burning within me. And I, I wrote these words down in the paper. And as I'm writing, I'm thinking, well, I'm probably going to fail this class because this goes against everything that this professor has taught the class this whole time. So I waited about a week and I got the final grade and he sent it with notes. And this professor was so kind and Liberty University responded so well, even though they didn't agree with me 100% doctrinally, he responded and said, You had scripture to back up every single thing that you claimed. You didn't just, you didn't just tell a story. You used scripture and you gave an explanation. I'm giving you an A plus. So my paper on being an apostolic and why I believe tongues is still for today. I'm a testimony that, that God will still fill people with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. He didn't fail me. He gave me an A. But get this, it gets even better. Evidently, 
he shared the paper with the online class. And I received an email from one of the classmates that was taking it online. He emailed me and said, I read your paper and I began to pray. It's the first time I've ever heard a a modern day Christian say they still believe in the gift of speaking in tongues and that, that God can still fill you that way. And he said, I began praying at my laptop and I just spoke in tongues. God just filled me with the Holy Ghost. Thank you for sharing that with me. I've never seen that person, but that email changed my life because it was a manifestation of what happens when the church will stop being ashamed and just say, this is what the Bible says. This is who I am. And it was an amazing thing. It's an amazing story. So has tongues ceased? I don't believe so. I'm a testimony that it is not, and that God still fills people with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And we're going to talk a little bit about that for a few minutes, but I'm telling you that uh, if tongues have ceased, then so has charity, and so has prophecy, and so has knowledge, and everything about that scripture can be taken out of context if you say it that way. But when that which is perfect has come, when we go to heaven, we we won't need these earthly manifestations of of God on earth. We're going to be in his presence. So let's keep walking forward and let's talk about why the Holy Ghost is a necessity. In the mid-1800s in the town of Kells in Northern Ireland, four men met each Saturday night for intense prayer. The whole night was devoted to prayer and the power of the Holy Ghost. Shortly after, there was a powerful revival. Courts adjourned for lack of cases and jails were closed for lack of criminals. Policemen formed quartets to sing in churches because they had nothing to do. Our culture doesn't need more media presentations. Our generation doesn't need more ideas or political agendas. Our country needs the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of God's Spirit to intervene in the chaos of our society. Over uh, the last few years, I have seen hundreds, if not thousands of people filled with the Holy Ghost In front of my own eyes, Um, there was a particular revival at our church where we had um, 40 people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost on one Sunday morning. And that was the most that ever received the Holy Ghost in one service at my church. And uh, seeing that happen in my city, I've, you know, I've seen things like that happen at uh, conferences and you know, NAYC and, you know, you see thousands of people filled with the Holy Ghost and thousands of people healed. But in my city, I saw 40 people filled with the Holy Ghost at the same time on Sunday morning. In that revival, I believe throughout um, that entire three to four week revival, a hundred people received the Holy Ghost. Brother Joe Campitello was preaching for us. He's a powerful man of God and God's spirit showed up and showed out. Now we understand that the book of Acts shows us the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost when we speak in a heavenly language and let God take control 
of our tongue. So the question is, what do we need to know now that we have the Holy Ghost? How can I keep walking in the Spirit and feel what I felt so powerfully in the altars? What are the what are the reasons that the Holy Ghost is a necessity? You know, there was a young man who complained that whenever he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was like a bucket with holes. The Spirit merely drained out of him. And his friend said, that may be true, but even a bucket full of holes can be filled with water if it is immersed in the river and left there. Whew. My goodness. John seven thirty eight. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Once you have the Holy Ghost, you can walk in the river. It flows from your innermost being. So let's let's answer this question. Why is the Holy Ghost necessary? Have you ever actually stopped to ask yourself that question? So often we talk about, do we need the Holy Ghost? But when you move past that, and you realize in Scripture that the Holy Ghost is a necessity to be saved, the question needs to change to, why must I have the Holy Ghost? Scripture is very clear that, that we need to be and how we are filled, but why? Why do we have the Holy Ghost? And the reasons are pretty awesome and beneficial for the church of God. Number one, you cannot be raptured without the Spirit of God living inside of you. If you're taking notes for a Bible study, I would write that down. Romans 8.11, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. The Spirit of God that enters your bodies when you speak in tongues is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead after he died on Calvary. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise God. The Spirit of God is literally the force that will lift us in the rapture. We will be lifted from the inside. It's like a magnet inside of us that will pull us uh, to the heavens, and nothing can stop it from that point. The Holy Ghost is what will get us from heaven, from earth to heaven. You won't get in an airplane. You won't get in a helicopter. It's just you. You will be lifted. You know, a few years ago, I had to go skydiving for She's for Christ. It's a long story. I won't tell it right here, right now. But we raised money for She's for Christ. So the Georgia District Youth Committee offered to jump out of a plane. And sure enough, we raised it and we're jumping out of a plane. And this crazy thing hit me when when I jumped out of that plane and I was falling 
to the earth. I, I think I jumped at 14,000 feet, which uh, for those that know me know I have a great fear of heights. This was very difficult for me to jump out of this plane. And as I'm falling, the memory that sticks with me the most, so much of it is a blur. But get this. I remember looking beneath me and all I saw was a cloud. And I fell into that cloud and I could feel the moisture and the condensation of that cloud on my hands. And I fell through the cloud and instantly dried off because the wind is blowing on you like a big blow dryer. And it's this, it's this crazy experience. And I remember thinking that moment, I was afraid, but I remember this weird feeling where, and, and you can call me crazy. It's okay. It's, it's my podcast. So, I mean, you can tune out if you don't believe me, that's totally fine. But I remember the Lord speaking to me when I was falling through that cloud before my parachute opened. Now, just to paint the picture for you a little bit, when you skydive, you go from 14,000 to 5,000 feet in 60 seconds. That's how fast that a human being is flying through the air towards the earth. So this is what I'm experiencing as, as God is somewhat speaking to me. And it was the closest thing I had ever experienced physically to what the rapture might feel like. And I know it sounds funny, but it was like the rapture in reverse. I was heading towards earth instead of towards heaven. But I thought in that moment that your body will be your only source of transportation from earth to heaven. For decades, they worked countless hours and spent millions of dollars to get man to fly to the moon. But when the rapture comes, gravity won't work on you anymore. You will be flying. You will be lifted up. Your body is the transportation and the spirit is the fuel that will get you there. You cannot go in the rapture without the spirit of God living inside of you to lift you up when the trumpet sounds. You know, I've often said that there's only one instrument that can make two noises at the same time. To one group of people, it's the most beautiful sound on earth. To another group of people hearing the same instrument, it's the most terrifying sound they've ever heard. And that instrument is the trumpet. If you're ready for the rapture, the trumpet will be the most beautiful sound you've ever heard. If you didn't live for Christ, it will be the most terrifying sound you've ever heard. Are you ready? I pray to God that you are. Number two, we cannot be called sons of God if we are not filled with the Spirit of God. Romans 8.14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. Hereby we cry, Abba, Father. Why do we need the Holy Ghost? It is the only way to become a child of God. When we receive the Holy Ghost, we become his child and he becomes our father. We are adopted into the kingdom of God. It's done through the work of the spirit. That is the moment of adoption. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Number three, the Holy Ghost will help us pray for the right things. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. If you believe in the power of prayer, then you believe that God answers prayer. As humans, we deal with so many blinders and distractions, half the time we don't even know what we should pray about. We let our personal situation deter us from praying the proper prayers. What we pray is important because God answers prayer. You cannot even have a powerful prayer life without the Holy Ghost. God will hear your prayer. God will absolutely hear your prayer, and we know by Cornelius that God will answer your prayer and hear your prayer before you have the Holy Ghost. But if you want to have a powerful prayer life, you need to have the Spirit of God, because the Bible says that when we begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, the Spirit makes intercession for things that we could never have thought to pray on our own. So we're going to close with this question, how do I know I received the Holy Ghost? Well, it's simple. You'll begin to speak a heavenly language. You'll begin to speak in a language that is not your own. Does this sound crazy and supernatural? Absolutely. It is crazy. It is supernatural. It is not done by one's own talents. It comes from God. Mark 16 and 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. But look at with me in the book of Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Nowhere in the Bible does it insinuate that this was only for the upper room, that this was only for the disciples, that this was only for Acts chapter 2. the, the scripture we referenced in 1 Corinthians is not speaking about tongues ceasing on earth. There is nowhere in your Bible that states that speaking in tongues is not valid or a necessity. But there are multiple occurrences in the Bible all throughout the New Testament. Every time somebody in the New Testament was filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us that they spoke with new tongues. You can see it in multiple occasions throughout Scripture. And and it says that now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. And was confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. There was no confusion about it in Acts chapter 2. They knew that people were being filled with the Spirit because they heard them speaking in tongues. The Cretes and the Arabians said in verse 11, We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works 
of God. And it goes down in verse 16 that says, This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I'm telling you that we're living in the last days, and God is pouring out his spirit. Don't miss it. Don't miss out on what God is trying to do. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, today is your day. God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. The very first step to receive the Holy Ghost is knowing your need. Knowing your need to come to Jesus and let him fill you. God is going to do it for your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I believe it. I want to close with this story. I was preaching at my local church here in Jonesboro a couple of years ago, and I was preaching on the Holy Ghost and how God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. And uh, three visitors walked in the back. They were big, tough, kind of grisly guys. They walked in with a frown on their face, and they didn't really look like they wanted to be there. And they all walked in, but there was one, one of the three, that looked very curious about this gift of the Holy Ghost. And I remember they all three sat on the back row and they all crossed their arms and they wouldn't smile, they wouldn't clap, they wouldn't acknowledge anything that was happening in the service. We gave the altar call. We sang three or four songs. We prayed. God filled three or four people with the Holy Ghost that Sunday night at my church. I watched them lift their hands and speak in a heavenly language And they came to me afterwards and said, wow, I've never experienced that before. That had to be God. But I watched those three guys get up after the last song had been sung. The music was over. Church had been dismissed. And they started walking towards the double doors in the back. But I saw the one guy look at his friends and say, you guys go ahead. I've got something I need to take care of. I'll never forget, he walked down that middle aisle all the way to the altar, and he came up to me and he said, Brother Nathan, I know that church is over, but is it too late for me to get the Holy Ghost? I looked at him and I said, what's your name? He said, my name's Leonard, and this is my first time to church, and I've never heard about the Holy Ghost. My two friends weren't interested right now, but I am. And I looked at him and I said, Leonard, Just because the service is over doesn't mean that God is done working. And he lifted his hands and he received the Holy Ghost in the altar after service was over. When everybody was visiting and talking about their next trip to Zaxby's, he was praying for the Holy Ghost and God filled him with the Holy Ghost. It's never too late for you to get the Holy Ghost. And when that trumpet sounds... Is that going to be the most beautiful sound you've ever heard? Because you're about to be lifted by the power of the Spirit of God? Or will it be the most terrifying thing you've ever heard? Because you didn't live for Christ. Has tongues ceased? Absolutely not. The Holy Ghost is just as real today as it was in the book of Acts. Jesus said, you're going to do greater things. You're going to do greater works. How much more so should we be praying that God will pour out his spirit 
at NAYC on Thursday night. Over a thousand people received the Holy Ghost on the same night. In the Philippines and in different countries around the world, we're seeing five and six thousand people filled every day with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Don't let the devil convince you that this is not real. It's It's my testimony and it can be your testimony too. It's just as real today as it's ever been. Let's pray. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for those that are listening right now that you would bless them. God, I pray that you would help this time in your word. Lord, maybe there are some people who are hearing this for the first time that have never heard what we're talking about today. I pray that you would help them to think on this. Lord, let it get down in their spirit. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would bring them closer to you and that you would fill them with your spirit because we know that it is the gift of the Holy Ghost. We know that we can't earn it. We know that it's a gift from you. And I pray that you would give it freely in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I love you all so much and I count it such a privilege to be a part of your week. Thank you for listening. Be sure to leave a rating and review in the comments. They mean so much to me and they help get the show out there. Noteworthy posted at number seven in Taiwan last week, which was, I don't really know anybody in Taiwan, but that's pretty cool. We're getting this gospel around the world and I believe that God is using it to make a difference. Thank you so much. Love you guys. We'll see you next week on the Noteworthy Podcast.